I care more about how people are actually behaving when they're on, when they get to the site so that we can understand their actual behavior and, and whether, whatever that extra chunky content or product is that they actually want, then we can understand that. And then we can kind of bring that back up the food chain back to channel and say, okay, what, what, what campaigns are driving actual valuable customers or what organic content landing pages are working or whatever it is. Welcome back to another episode of the PPC Show, where we interview the best and brightest in paid search and social media advertising. I'm your host, J.D. Prater. And this week, I'm joined by Saif Sharif, Director of Analytics at Seer Interactive. Now, I attended his session at HeroConf London and left with my mind blown. So I asked him to come on the show and talk about advanced Google Analytics audiences. Stay tuned as Saif walks us through how to create advanced Google Analytics audiences based on a variety of user behaviors to target not just people that view a specific page or product, but people who have complex behaviors like viewing more content A than content B over the last six months, while also not subscribing to your newsletter and have never even visited your lead form or have never even clicked on an ad before. Let's get to the show. Safe. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, so uh, we brought Safe onto the show because we were both at HeroConf London and he's giving this presentation around, um, which we're going to get into, but around like these Google Analytics really defining behaviors. And I went in thinking, oh, Google Analytics stuff, great. I can always learn more. Thinking, I'm probably like a seven. I leave your, <laughs> your session and I'm like, I'm like a three. This guy is amazing. So thanks for coming on and talking to us. Uh, I'm really excited for this, but give the listeners a quick preview of who you are and your background and where you are, man. Sure. And I just want to say my, my goal at, in London was to make people, people feel terrible about themselves. So I'm glad that <laughs> succeeded. Um, yeah. So I'm the uh, uh, director of analytics at Seer Interactive. Uh, most people are familiar with Sear from Will Reynolds and his talking at various conferences and things like that, but we do other stuff too. Uh, and um, I have been here for about two years and we really have been trying to, uh, you know, kind of leverage analytics in a way for our, our, our paid teams and our organic search teams uh, where, you know, it's it's not just about audits and, tracking. It's about how can we provide value for our customers? It's, that's what it's, that's the whole point of this stuff. So, um, you know, the, the talk that I was given there in, in London was about our, uh, what we're doing with, uh, what we're calling behavior driven personas. We had called them quantitative personas, but, um, that was a little too nerdy for some people. So we're saying behavior driven because it's, it's what are people actually doing and how do we determine who's valuable? And then how can we use that to do everything from testing to targeting to, uh, personalization and the whole nine. So that's where the value is and people let, you know, people really connect with that. So uh, I'm glad, I'm glad that you, uh, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. I, I really liked it. And I've been a fan of you guys' blog for probably, geez, probably three or four years now. Um, you know, I thought you guys always did a really good job with SEO, the organic stuff. Um, and then I got to meet Gil, of course, you know, Gil yeah. Hong. So Gil was on the show this last summer. So go back and check out, you know, that episode. He was really talking around shopping and stuff, getting ready for, I think, state of state of search was kind of what he was getting prepped for. But uh, yeah. 
Well, all right, man. Well, let's, uh, let's jump into this. I, I'm actually really curious. So how, how did you get your start into Google Analytics before we even stop, you know, going into this behavioral personas? Like, how did you, how did you get started? So, uh, a lot of times I, I used to have an intro slides about me, uh, before my speeches and then, uh, or my presentations and, and will like basically, you know, convince me that, you know, no one wants to hear your background. No one cares. Let's get right into the meat. Um, but, uh, I actually went to grad school for archeology, span um, and worked as an archeologist, uh, and which is, you know, the normal track, but anthropology is actually one of those areas that, you know, does feed a lot into analysis and understanding behavior. And, and, you know, I had always been a tech person and I, I, uh, left archeology, span uh, early on when the web really first came about and kind of started off doing front end development, things like that. Um, but that, um, really bled into needing to understand what people were doing and what was successful. So I started actually working with urchin pre Google analytics. Um, so way back in the day, uh, and having to do lots of fun analysis with that where you combine data sets and and step away from your computer because it would be chugging for eight hours on your local drive. So, uh, you know, it was nice. It's nice now in modern days where I don't have to do that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, no, I mean, the, the way I always talk about it is that, you know, what we're doing on analytics, it's just digital archaeology because archaeology is, is you're going somewhere, you're looking at the evidence that humans left behind, like the behavioral evidence and those data points. And then you're trying to understand uh, what they were doing and how they were, what they needed and what their problems were. And we're doing that, but with websites or mobile apps. So it's just digital archaeology. So I'm kind of doing the same stuff I studied for in my grad classes, except I'm using a computer instead of a trowel and a bullet. <laughs> nice tie-in, man. I really like it. I think um, one of the things from the presentation that I really liked as how you kind of prefaced it was uh, digital marketing moneyball. Yeah. So yeah, talk to us about that, like, and how you can kind of find what actions are leading to this value. Yeah. So, you know, like I said in the talk, you know, like I, I think I had a, I have a slide that has, you know, Brad Pitt, you know, to have a handsome Brad Pitt picture. You can't, can't go wrong. Yeah, um, I know. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Moneyball, uh, I'm sure probably most of your listeners, listeners are familiar with it, but it was the book by Michael Lewis and they had the film with Brad Pitt and, you know, they're talking about how the athletics really got, were able to compete against people like the Yankees who had 10 times as much money by focusing on um, really putting their money on the, the most valuable players they could get for the least amount of money. So looking at what, what statistically made someone valuable in baseball, which was getting on base, which led to runs, which led to wins. And so, you know, what we're trying to do when we look at things like customer lifetime value, customer centricity, behavior, things like that is to say, you know, if we're going to segment for audiences, what's the first thing we want to look for is who the valuable audiences are and what their behaviors are. Uh, because those actions lead to that value. Um, so it's just, so we're calling it digital marketing Moneyball, um, partly because, you know, you say, you know, well, your page value for your URL, it does, you know, what is that? What's page value? It's, you know, you start talking about these kind of things, but you know, when you say digital marketing Moneyball, people, uh, I think understand more, you know, it's about, we're trying to find the valuable people for the least amount of money possible. So like if we're, we don't want, if we can remark, I mean, everyone that's, you know, on this, listening to this show probably understands the more segmented targeted the audience you're going to work with, you're probably going to be, it's going to be cheaper and more valuable 
uh, to you. I mean, you know, just from we're going to retarget everybody that hit our site to we're going to retarget to the person that looked at a shoe with the shoe ad is probably going to have a better success rate than just targeting everybody that hit the site for a general level. So the more we can get into like complex user behaviors and understand this is the kind of pattern that someone's following where they're actually valuable and how we can do things like, you know, like I said, targeting, testing, personalization, whatever that is. Um, you know, that's digital marketing moneyball. I like it. I thought it was a really good analogy. I think it's something that we can all definitely relate with. So yeah, like kind of walk us through like the next step. So I think we're all on board that we need to be doing more of this. I, I definitely see for 2018, you know, we're all going to get more sophisticated and we need to get more sophisticated as marketers, not just because we need to, but it, it actually drives better return, you know, right? So yeah. for our clients, for, you know, our, even our internal in-house teams, but how, how do we kind of get started with some of this digital marketing money ball and understanding these uh, paths, these actions that are really creating value? Yeah. I mean, so, you know, obviously there are tools. I'm not a huge fan of tools because I feel people like spending money on tools uh, rather than actually doing any work. Uh, the tools don't always work that well, but so I will mention that there are tools that you can use to help you do this, but I like doing things for free. Um, when you can do them for free, it's one of the reasons I like free Google analytics. Like why would I pay someone to do my job for me? Uh, but, um, you know, I think the first thing I've been telling people when they say, how can I get started doing this is to say, okay, well, you know, first of all, you need to have your actual conversions, your conversions in GA, right? So we need, whether it's e-commerce conversions and e-commerce revenue or it's goal completions on any, you know, some sort of goal value. If you don't have a value, uh, associated with it, it's difficult, right? So sometimes that means doing some sort of closed loop uh, implementation where we're, you're using, you know, you have Salesforce and you send a measurement protocol hit back to, to GA with the actual value of the conversion or, or maybe just say, F it, I'm just going to do uh, an average page value or something like that. Fine, whatever. But you got to have a value. Um, once you have a value and you have conversions, uh, the first thing that I do before anything else is to just start segmenting based on that behavior. So I want to segment out true bounce visitors, right? So people that, uh, you know, I, I, I'll have scroll tracking implemented so I, I can see where people are scrolling. So I want to look at people that bounced and didn't even scroll. Like people that hit that page and were gone within five seconds and didn't scroll, you know, it's almost on every site. I just say like 20% of your visitors, it's just like, it's a misclick, right? So I want to just get rid of that first and segment that. Um, then I want to look at, uh, high value people, right? I want to look at the people that converted, like show me people, give me a segment of everyone that converted and then give me a segment that is neither of those. So people that were engaged to some level probably hit multiple pages, but they didn't convert. So now I have this, you know, bad traffic, good traffic and you know, the traffic that they were engaged, but they didn't convert. And then I can start looking at what is the differences in those behaviors. And even with that, sometimes we see, you know, oh, uh, the conversion rate actually, we thought Facebook converted terribly uh, compared to uh, the, the, you know, Google Organic or whatever. But when we look at the valuable customers, it's a much higher, higher conversion rate. So like we actually are getting people coming from social that they're really converting high once they're uh, the va of the valuable component. So how do we target those people? So what, what are they clicking on? What are they coming through on compared to the low value people? What are they engaging with content wise, that kind of stuff. And then we can start saying, okay, 
you know, this kind of behavior. And, and I think my examples I had in the presentation, you have these examples, like it's really, it's really obvious, right? So, you know, someone views a video versus doesn't view a video. Maybe they're more likely to convert. But maybe it's also, if you look at this, you can start saying, um, you can start saying what, what content is more likely to be viewed by people who are high value versus low value. And it might not just be getting the one that gets the most page views. It might be, uh, you know, something else. And then you can start saying, okay, I want to target people specifically for uh, those products or those pages or those services or whatever that is. Um, and then at a deeper level, you can, uh, you know, so that's just like the first level of analysis. But then once you understand that behavior, you can start getting into like the user scoring stuff that I talked about where you're mm -hmm. saying, okay, well, I want to understand my commercial versus my residential customers or my do-it-yourself customers versus my, uh, you know, the, the, the people that are going to hire a contractor. And then you can start doing things like, uh, you know, adding, adding additional tagging and tracking, understanding directly into the data. So when you want a segment, you can say, show me everyone that has a do-it-yourself score higher than five or something like that. Yeah, I really liked uh, that part of it. And we should definitely get into that. I, I want to, one thing that yeah, as you're kind of like getting into this, it reminded me, you know, it was like one of those like hot takes and it was just like, <laughs> I hate personas, you know, and you're like, yeah. what? Like this is guys like an analytics guy. What does he mean? He hates personas. Uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, explain to us like why you hate personas. Um, and then uh, the, the next part of that that I really liked was your, uh, your prego story. So I'm, 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 I'm just going to, I'm just going to tee you up on those two. Yeah. So the, well, the Prego story is not fully mine. I, I definitely got to give credit to Malcolm Gladwell for that one, but sure. Um, but the, the, the persona stuff, you know, so I, I will say that, you know, these kind of brand personas, the dedicated Dan, the, you know, social Sally, that kind of stuff. Um, I am not a fan but I understand how in certain situations they're useful for, for people that are doing brand design and things like that. Like I understand why they exist. Um, I just think they're overused in ways that shouldn't be right. So if you start saying, well, um, we need content for the site. Let's, what kind of content would dedicated Dan like? I think that's a mistake because then you're, we, we can actually look and see people's behavior. We can actually do um, user research and people are not, people won't fit into like four or six categories. I think the other thing I said is how, like, why is it that brand personas always seem to be able to fit on one slide? Because like that, is that our limitation, you know? And, and, and I, I think I told the story uh, the target story about how, you know, the, the pregnant, uh, the pregnant teenage story from target, which I don't know if ever, you know, other people know, but um, you know, how uh, uh, the dad came into target and said, you know, you're sending stuff about pregnancy to my 16 year old daughter. It's inappropriate, blah, blah, blah. And then two weeks later came back in and apologized, you know, to the manager of target. Cause you complain about this stuff to the manager of target, of course, like the marketing, but because the daughter was pregnant, right. He came in and apologized. Actually, yeah, she's pregnant and target identified this girl, the computers, um, not the people committed, identified this girl as pregnant because she bought, uh, cotton balls, uh, unscented, uh, lotion and a large bag that wasn't necessarily a diaper bag, but could double as one. So there was three products in the target computers were like, mm, someone's pregnant. And because they looked at the patterns of those behaviors of like, well, if people purchase these things, then three months later they're purchasing diapers. Therefore, this person's probably pregnant. So, you know, and, and they don't have a pregnant teenage girl persona, but they targeted her anyway, right? So, you know, they targeted her based on her behavior, her patterns, what she purchased. And, and you know, when we limit ourselves to these personas that, you know, brand person comes up with, fits on one slide, 
you know, I think we start losing value of the fact that like we're complex people and like we're, we're, we don't all fit into some single persona. So that's like, you know, the persona thing. Like it's, it's good to start, but I'd rather go. That's why we talk about the behavior different personas, right? That's like, it's about behavior. It's personas that are actually based on human behavior and tracking enough stuff that we can make decisions that way. The Prego story. So again, Malcolm Gladwell, he talked about it better than I'm going to, I ever talk about it. So like, there's like a, I don't know if it was a Ted talk. And anyway, like if you just Google Malcolm Gladwell and spaghetti, you'll find it. Right. Choice, happiness and spaghetti sauce. That's what it was called. But basically, like he was talking about Howard Moskowitz, who was the psychophysicist, uh, which is the coolest job title uh, back in uh, uh, the 70s, who tried to Pepsi hired him to figure out how sweet to make Diet Pepsi. And he tested a whole bunch of people and it just came back as noise. Like he, he expected a bell curve and there was no bell curve. It was just noise. So it always bothered him. And then Campbell Soup hired him for Prego and Prego was competing against Ragu at the time. This was in the 70s and everyone had Ragu. And anyone who's as old as me remembers the old commercials where Prego suddenly started competing with Ragu and you had a commercial where you had two bowls of spaghetti sauce and Ragu got poured on one and Prego on the other and Ragu just splattered everywhere and Prego sat right on top. And that came from Howard Moskowitz because he went around um, the entire country to all these fairs and he tested thousands and thousands of people and they had a hundred different attributes of spaghetti sauce. How thick was it? How red was it? How sweet was it? How spicy was it? Like every, how much oregano it had every single aspect of spaghetti sauces. And they came to the understanding through this analysis that, and they had them rate it like one to 10, like how much do you rate this? And, and they came to the understanding that like people didn't just like one kind of spaghetti sauce, just like they didn't like one kind of sweetness of diet Pepsi. They liked, it, there was three main buckets they first came up with. They came up with regular, they came up with extra chunky, and they came up with extra spicy. And so Prego immediately released, started, and made an extra chunky sauce, released those commercials, and then captured a third of the market um, for spaghetti sauces because no one else was doing it. And now there's 72 kinds of ragu. So when, whenever you look at, whenever you go to the store now, and it's like, why is there so much everything? It's because, well, because everyone's not you, right? Everyone likes things different. And, and they know that now. And so they target the biggest groups they can. Um, so like, you know, you take kind of like take the persona stuff and you take that stuff and it's, you know, it's like, we all like different stuff. There's a lot of horizontal segmentation. Um, you know, but the other part of that though is like in all that testing, no one ever asked for extra chunky, right? Like not a single person and all that thousands of people that he tested with spaghetti sauce and put 10 bowls of spaghetti sauce in them. Not a single person said they wanted chunky spaghetti sauce. They just rated chunky spaghetti sauces higher right? And they captured the market. So most of these personas are still based off qualitative research. Hey, what do you, what do you want in a, what do you want in a handbag? Or, you know, what, what, you know, what do you feel, what kind of problems are you trying to solve? And it's not that those aren't important, but people don't always say what they want. So they might say, I want this. And then you put them on a site and then they do something completely different because people are dumb and, you know, not dumb, but like, you know, they, they're weird and we're primates and we, you know, are just like strange, shiny. Ooh, and so you rely on this qualitative research. Okay. It's a start, but I care more about how people are actually behaving when they're on, when they get to the site it's so that we can understand their actual behavior and, and whether, whatever that extra chunky content or product is that they actually want, then we can understand that. And then we can, kind of bring that back up the food chain back to channel and say, okay, what, what, what campaigns are driving actual valuable customers or what organic content landing pages are working or whatever it is. So, um, 
yeah, that's where it comes from. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I really like it. So I think everyone that's listening is now convinced uh, that behavioral, behavior-driven personas are the way to go. Because I like that you were talking around like, you're basically leaving like a digital footprint. And that's really what's more important because that's actually showing action more so than what you think you might want. You're actually doing these things. So for everyone listening, all right, so we're on board. We got the digital money ball, uh, digital marketing money ball. We've got, we're sold on digital um, or behavioral driven personas. I'm trying to get it all, man. <laughs> personas. Yeah. Um, so like, give me some next steps. So let's just say um, we talked about segmentation, right? So mm-hmm. let's just say that we looked at, we got rid of our, our crap traffic and now we're just really trying to like diagnose, like, like let's get super in the weeds. Like let's get real tactical. Are you saying like, let's go into the behavioral site content, like in GA and is that how you would kind of start looking for and connecting these dots? Like how, how do you start connecting the dots? I guess. So like, um, a number of different ways, right? So uh, I think one thing that is one of the big features of Google Analytics that people don't use um, are is the custom dimensions, right? So in the free version, you get 20 custom dimensions that you can put on users and sessions and hits to your heart's content. Um, in the 360 version, you can do 200, right? So these are just different aspects of that data. So, you know, I can have a, a page URL uh, and I was actually talking to a, I did a finance webinar the other day and, um, we looked at bank of America and I showed how from the homepage of bank of America and the first page of results for bank of America checking account, um, I could get to, uh, close to 20 different URLs with, uh, over 30 different conversion links and buttons for checking account like that many pages for checking account, right? So there wasn't like a, a checking account page at Bank of America. I mean, they have interest free this and they have whatever else that, I don't know the name, I don't remember the names of a corporate checking account, um, but they're all about checking, right? Um, and so you want, you want to, you know, so there's content groups in GA and there's custom dimensions. So we want to say, okay, I want to not just understand how this URL is doing. I want to understand how my checking account content is doing. And deeper than that, some of this stuff was, like I said, some was for personal, some was for, for, for corporate and corporations. Okay, let's, I want to know it's checking account and I want to know whether it's personal versus corporate. Okay, and some of this stuff was targeted towards parents or teenagers, like opening up ch- accounts for children or, or things like that. Um, and so we say, okay, this, this stuff is, this is stuff that's targeted at parents. So we don't necessarily know their parents, but like we're probable that this is, targeting for parental stuff. And maybe it's like how to figure out your own savings for the future. And so maybe I say, okay, this is someone who is like proactively helping, you know, proactively planning or financially responsible. Whatever. So it's one thing to, if I wanted to go into the site and say like, I want to understand valuable users, right? Or I want to understand what, who a behavior driven persona is here. Um, if I wanted to say, I want to understand um, how parents of children are looking at checking accounts. To do that is possible if I just have raw data, but it's a lot easier if on every single hit there, I'm saying, okay, on this page that's targeting parents of teens, I wanna also immediately tag dimensions for checking, for, resi- you know, for, for personal, for you know, probable parent, things like that. For, you know, and, and so then I can start saying, okay, how does the content for parents do versus the non-parent content? How does 
the personal do versus the corporate? How does the stuff that displays urgency, right? You might have a landing page that's displaying urgency, right? The example I have for this is not financial, but like we have the, um, we work with Trex who does builds the composite decking. And one of the problems people have with, with non-composite decking, which is the wood decking is splinters, right? You get splinters in your feet from your crappy wood deck. Um, and so if someone's searching for content about splinters from their deck, there's an urgency there, right? There, if this is, you don't, you don't, no one in their right mind sits there with a perfectly good deck and goes, I want to, I want to Google splinters in my feet. Right. Um, so if you understand this content has urgency, I need to file my taxes before I have one week to file my taxes or whatever it is, you can say, okay, there's a mood, there's aspects like that. So like once you understand those things, then we can even start assigning points and scores for those. We can start saying, okay, I want to have a frustration score. I want to have an urgency score. I want to have a parental score. And so then with GTM, it's really easy to say, I want to trigger on these pages to uh, throw up a little bit of code that throws an event that says this is an urgency event. We put a, we, we, we capture into a cookie or we score up into GA and we say, okay, this is a, this is sort of urgency or this shows it's for about checking or whatever else. And we add it to a custom dimension. So now that's in the data, but it's also on that user. So I can then look at that user and say, you know what? I want to target people that are parents that are probably parents that are also displaying urgency about their taxes, or I want to, you know, something like that. And then I can look at that audience. And if that audience shows that it is highly valuable or it is highly converting now, well, I just created an audience, right? I just have a regex where I'm saying, okay, I'm going to go into my audience builder in GA and I'm going to make an audience where, you know what, people that show one or two urgency and, eh, but once they get to three urgency, that's where they start getting valuable. So making an audience with people with an urgency over three who are probably parents. And there you go. Congratulations. You're winning. Yeah, that, that's where I was like, and my mind's blown. So <laughs> like, I thought that was really good. I mean, I, I wish, like, I really wish that we could spend two hours. Like uh, my ask of you is to write the most detailed blog post of all yeah. time. So. <laughs> I, I, I've been working on it. I have it. I swear to God, I've been promising people this for a while. Uh, but um, I did promise it in November. I'm running out of time. Uh, but I, I, I really intend to have uh, the whole big, long, deep blog post out there uh, before the end of the month. Good, good, man. Yeah, I'm like, that was something that was really good. You know, we, we talked about custom dimensions. Uh, we talked about content grouping and like the, the scoring, which I thought was really cool, the positive. But uh, talk to me a little bit too, because I thought one thing that was really cool, you talked about negative scoring. And, yeah. how, and how you incorporated that. So like um, for people that weren't there at the conference, they talk to us a little bit about negative scoring. Sure. Well, I mean, you know, there's actions that indicate you're likely to convert in a way and there's actions that indicate you might not be. So um, the example I gave at the talk was, was again for tracks um, and it was about do-it-yourselfers, right? So a, a large component of their um, customer base are do-it-yourselfers who want to build their own decks. Um, and other people don't want to build their own decks. They want to hire a contractor, which is my audience. I get those people. I don't understand the do-it-yourselfers. That's just makes me scared. Um, anyway, but so you can do things that indicate you're probably going to be a do-it-yourselfer. You might interact with content that's specifically about, hey, you want to build your own deck, right? If you have a blog post that says, hey, how do I build my own deck myself? Well, they're probably you know, there's a chance that I'm, they might just be reading it, but like, let's give them a point for that, right? So that's the positive scoring. 
But if they go start searching for contractors in their area, eh, they might not be a do-it-yourselfer if they're searching for contractors. So we're going to give them a negative score. So like we can adjust that score um, and we can say, and we can save it and store it over time. And we can say, okay, uh, what's their score now? How's that score change over time? And it can go up and down. So we're not just saying here's actions that indicate you want to um, build your own deck or that you want to open a checking account, but it could be, you know, cause like, like for the checking account example, if you look at one piece of content um, about uh, a checking account and then you look at 30 pieces of content about opening or, you know, doing something with a CD or something like that. Well, you're probably not great uh, or a great checking account uh, target. Uh, right. So like if you have a remarketing pixel on um, a blog, uh, on something about do it yourself content or about checking account and then everything else you do, you know, it's like you would exclude that from an audience you say, okay, if someone com completes a goal for uh, finding a contractor, we're going to remove them from the do it yourself audience. Right. But until they do something like that, if they're just doing behavioral actions before a conversion leading up to something, you still don't know. You want to give them not just positive scoring, but negative scoring and, and multidimensional scoring where you can say algorithmically, I need someone that has at least twice as much points in this category than that one. Or, or I, you know, if someone has a negative score uh, here, I want to, I want to just eliminate them from the audience entirely. Yeah. I, I mean, that's where I was like, man, I've got to get on this. Like that is such a powerful remarketing list. And like, we're talking like display. We're also talking like, just like the RLSA. So mm -hmm. all of you, uh, you know, search marketers out there listening, like just think about how fine tuned these audiences are and how you could really tailor a message or tailor some ad creative for this type of person. So it's no longer just like a catch all bucket that you probably have running. This really is some like really advanced GA audiences that I thought were just brilliant because I, I had never even like really thought about the scoring aspect. And in your presentation, you uh, you gave access to your script um, and yep. we'll, we can include that in the, in the show mm -hmm. notes. So you guys can kind of understand the script that you can throw into GA or sorry, GTM in order to kind of get this information uh, onto your, onto your website and I'll start tracking it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's, it's a really like, it's a stripped down basic example of the script where it's just like adding a point to something, uh, and then being able to track it into a cookie using GTM and GA. But it's, it's stuff where with that script, if you know Google Analytics and Google Tag Manager, you could have that up and running on your site within a half hour probably. Man, well, that's a, that's a perfect, perfect time for us to uh, leave a good cliffhanger. So <laughs> if you're listening, go check it out. Uh, we'll make sure to include it in the, in the show notes. But uh, let's, let's transition into some lightning round here where I'm going to ask you a couple of questions and you've now. got okay. like 60 seconds to answer each one. Oh, you, ready to, you ready to go? Okay. <laughs> All right. Great. We'll do a softball question first. Uh, it's the question I always like to start off with. And it's, uh, so let's just say tomorrow afternoon, you've got like zero meetings, like no internal, no external. You've got like three hours to yourself and you're like, man, I need to get caught up. Like I haven't caught up on industry news. I need to see like what's happening. So like what are some sources, some people, podcasts, like what do you, like what content do you consume in order to kind of keep up? So, I mean, my normal content is podcasts these days because I can do it on my commute. 
Yeah. Uh, I really like half hour podcasts because I have about a 25 minute drive. So it's like really consumable that way. So, I, so let's I, go ahead I, and wrap I, this up. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I also like, like I mentioned before, the digital analytics power hour is a, is a really good one for yeah. me with also the Michael Halbring, like, and, and, uh, Mokes. Uh, like I really like that one. I find that one keeps my mind kind of active. Okay. Um, and I would say that's the, the, you know, Anything else I can find out? There's not a lot, but that's that's the number one one I would I would say I I would always go to. Perfect. No, I like it. Um, I'm not, I'm not familiar with that one, so I will make sure to add it to my uh, my queue of podcasts. I, I'm with you as well. I got about a about about a 30 minute commute, so the 30 minute podcast is just like perfect for me. So um, fantastic. All right, question number two um, that I always like to kind of um, kind of like lead into, and it's really around. Um, you know, for you, you talked about Google Analytics. Um, what I want to ask around the free versus the paid mm-hmm. is the paid version, like the Analytics 360. Is it really worth the price? It can be. I okay. mean, I I wouldn't recommend it to everybody. Um, so full disclosure, Sear just became a a, a GA360 reseller, so we can't oh, okay. sell it. So <laughs> nice. like, I, I I will admit that I do have skin in the game. Gotcha. Um, but you know. Yeah, it's not for everybody. But if you're doing, for instance, a lot of double click uh, mm-hmm. stuff, um, those integrations, seeing the view through uh, in the multi-channel funnels, having that DBM DCM integration um, can be cr- incredibly valuable. Uh, if you're if you have so much data and you're doing so many different things that you're hitting unsampled data and it's just unusable, I've seen people that had so much unsampled data and and poor card- cardinality that they were having problems looking at anything over that day, even in a day. Um, having that unsampled data, having the big query integration, it can be worth it. Um, but if you if you have, you know, less than a half million, uh, if you have less than like a, a quarter million uh, sessions in a month, and and you're not um, you're not really interested in data driven attribution, you're not using double click, you're not doing anything that it's going to provide you, then no, like you sh- definitely shouldn't buy it. I mean, I've had plenty of people before where. It's like, look, there's better, like I said before, I'm not, I'm not about tools. I, I'll use tools and GA360 is just a tool and it, it can be valuable. But it, it, for a lot of people, it's like, look, you have a lot of better ways you can be spending your money right now than 360. Let's fix a lot of other stuff up. And if you get to that point, then we'll help you get 360. But yeah, it, it, it just depends. But it, for the right people, it's extremely valuable. Gotcha. All right. Uh, let, let's keep it into GA. Uh, underutilized feature that you're like, I can't believe people aren't doing this. Well, I mentioned before custom dimensions. Um, okay. it's, it, it always, it's one of the things we look at when we do like a critical audit when we start projects um, and how many people just don't use any custom dimensions whatsoever. They're not adding anything to their data. I think that's number one. Um, I think even just GA events, uh, I think are extremely underutilized. Uh, people use them here and there, but a lot of times also we'll go in and it's just, you know, they've, they don't really have many there or they're just kind of, they're not structured in a way that's, that's being useful or a way that's implemented to add information. So, you know, I think, you know, a lot of stuff we do with measurement strategy is to really understand like how can we really leverage things like the additional events and the additional dimensions of data to truly like squeeze it for as much information as possible. And people don't always do that. Hmm. Nice. Um, One of the things that you mentioned to me, uh, when we were in London was that you're building out this team, right? So yeah. h- how many people are you up to now? H- how many analysts? Uh, 15 now. Yeah. 15 analysts. That's crazy. Um, 
That's a lot. And so what are some characteristics that you look for in like a future analyst? If you were to hire number 16 uh, tomorrow and you're doing some interviews today, like what are you looking for? So like I, we compartmentalize into several different categories. So there is no analytics unicorn. No one can really do all this stuff. Like it just, they don't exist. Um, except for me, hair flip, but, um, no, I'm not. Uh, but you know, so there's like the kind of strategy analyst who understands business, understands behavior, understands what do we need to study and understand, you know, where, where can we actually get value from? And there's people that are really good at visualization and, 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 and displaying that and communicating value, um, and, and, and what needs to be acted on and things like that and telling a story. Um, a lot of times those are the same person, but sometimes it's a Venn diagram, right? They, they overlap a little bit, but not all the time. Um, other people are more developers, like they're really good at implementing, you know, they, they, they aspire to be Simo Hava or, you know, they, 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 they live on the GTM blogs and, and want to develop stuff. And other people are data engineers. They want to do, how can I, how can I really, you know, create and crunch and play with the data and get it into a Hadoop cluster and, and do all this like aggregation and automation and things like that. And other people are data scientists who want to use R and Python and like really kind of, these are all different people. So when I look for the next person, the first thing I have to ask is like, like what, what do I right, need right now? Like where, where are my needs? Um, and sometimes that's a data scientist and sometimes that's an analyst and sometimes that's someone who's really good at visualization. But once I know that, then I can, I can look for that person. But, um, you know, in general, uh, I would say, uh, you know, from the, 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 the biggest circle is, is really that first part, which is like understanding human behavior and people. If you don't, if you can't do that and you, you're going to struggle with everything else that we're trying to do, except maybe if you're a developer, but like, you know, in, in general, even there, like you, you've got to have a desire to understand, uh, people and also have a desire to like you enjoy solving problems and, and, and creating solutions for them. Nice. Are you guys uh, hiring anyone right now too? You go ahead and plug it. <laughs> <laughs> We're always hiring. Um, I, we are definitely looking for more uh, people at the support level right now. Uh, but um it, it, it comes and goes. Sometimes we're looking for people with more experience and you, the right person comes along at any time I'm going to hire them. But uh, um, yeah, we, uh, we're expecting to hire, I don't remember what the production is, but over the next year I'm going to need to hire a lot of people. So, uh, you know, keep, keep your eye, uh, keep your eye on our, our, our website and apply. Um, and if you're good, uh, we'll talk to you. Yeah. And make sure you, uh, uh, start following safe here on Twitter as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Got to have the followers, man. Gotta have <laughs> right. the followers, yeah. All right. Last question. Then I'm gonna let you go. Um, all right. Let's just say Google analytics shutters, like the tool is gone tomorrow. Right. And you're like, man, I need a job now. All right. So let's just pretend that that was the only thing that you did. Right. And now you don't have a job. Like what's like a fallback job that you like think about a fall, like a legitimate one or like, like a, a legitimate fallback job. Yeah. Man, I, I feel like I'm pretty secure. <laughs> so yeah, I, no, really I, I, I agree. Yeah. Fallback jobs. Like I feel like, like, you know, definitely like if GA were to shutter, it'd be like, okay, Adobe. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, core metrics, uh, maybe I look for another job. No, I'm kidding. Um, but like, you know, yeah, I, I, I haven't really thought about that. I mean, I think I probably honestly like would go into something completely different and creative. Like I, I, uh, I, I make, uh, like board games and, and card games and things like that in my free time for myself that I never really share with anyone. So 
I'd probably just say like, well, let me kickstart some of the stuff and see what happens. Like that probably where my instinct would be to go would be to start creating some, some game kickstarters and seeing if I could just start my own company that way. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That, that's like, that's probably the most unique thing anyone's ever said. So yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> I like it. Um, do you want to give us any, uh, any samples of like this kind of game? You just let us know. We'll put it up there in the show notes and you can have people upvote or downvote it. All right. <laughs> we'll have to do NDA. I haven't published anything yet, so we'll have to do it. Everyone will have to sign an NDA and then we'll, we'll do that. There you go. There you go. I like it. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, thanks again. Uh, enjoy your yeah. Thanksgiving. And we'll, uh, I, lo- I really look forward to having you back on the show um, sometime in 2018. Yeah, anytime. All right. Have a good one. All right, you too. Thanks. Bye. Bye.